Hello, friends, and this is my best interpretation of Index uh, opening for nerd stuff. Because uh, Index is not here right now. He actually injured himself. So, Index, if you're listening, please do take care of yourself. I, I can't do what you do. Anyway, so it's just going to be the two of us right now, me and Freak of Nature. It's uh, a more intimate session of nerd stuff. Yeah, hey guys, great to be here once again. It's the second time in a row. So basically, I'm going for the three-peat next week, maybe. <laughs> yeah, why not? I don't see the reason why. I mean, we've it isn't even like something new for the two of us. We've, we've done this before. And uh, just to, I think it's a patchwork. Yeah, patchwork. We did patchwork before as well. So... Now we have nerd stuff, which is a more broad uh, podcast for anything nerdy. So to start things off, we do have, uh, again, some sad news, a continuation. Uh, speaking of 3 I think this is the third week we've discussed this so far. And uh, it's uh, it always <laughs> saddens me that it's always affecting the events. So COVID-19 has claimed another victim for an event it is uh, this time around the game developers conference which was first was a few major companies backing out you have like uh, epic facebook and which are a big blow because they're major companies and uh, recently it also affected pax east which like pax east there's also some some cancellations so uh, what are your thoughts on this, Freak? Yeah, well, GDC being cancelled is very bad news, I guess, for the especially for the indie indie developers. Because it's not as if you can just you can easily just you know get back the money or even for many indie developers, it's also their once in a lifetime opportunity to feature their games. You know, you know. Uh, indie studios come and go and this could be actually their main highlight for the year so having done a games conference before uh, convention sorry haven't attended one and having done a booth for it I know how expensive you can get like up to 10,000 15,000 easily and that's a very minimal setup so for those indies who really invested in this GDC being their main marketing launch I can see how it can really break them. And I'm worried for those indie developers versus the major developers. I mean, yeah, For if you're a major company, you'd have like other avenues to go. Basically, you, you're capable of flying someone over to different conventions and having them talk about your product, your game. But for some of these uh, indie developers, they're limited to where their region is. So that yeah, I can absolutely. see, yeah, I can see how that could be a problem for them, and uh, honestly, indie games are really, really fun, and there, there are a lot of gems that you can find from them. So I agree with you that it's, it's really, really a bad thing that we're not getting these, uh, especially on terms of monetary. I mean, it's already hard enough to get by as an indie developer. And this yeah. year, again, once in a life, like you said, once in a lifetime chance, a Hail Mary play for their marketing. 
And do you know of, any? Yeah, sure. Do you know any developers who is going to GDC? Uh, personally, no, no. Uh, I think it's too far. It's over like way west. Oh, okay. Also, but, uh, is GDC is a pretty international conference, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's. I think it's supported by IGDA as well. Like I think yeah. maybe some of the IGDA people are probably going from from mm-hmm. different chapter, even the Philippine chapter, most probably. I see. Yeah. I think another problem is uh, for GDC is that I don't think they have the content. Allegedly. <laughs> True, cause the, because the uh, so many major companies have backed out. Yeah. If honestly, if our GDC and uh, all my major partners just cancelled out, I'll just like take, I'll use the exact same excuse to cancel yeah. my event because, really, you know, this year's GDC was actually marketed as a influencer entertainment kind of uh, event where they invite all the influencers to go to GDC and make content, and you know, with the idea that these influencers will be the ones marketing. And showing the event to the consumers, which is a bit weird because you know a game developers conference is is supposed to be like an industry level event. It's not really supposed to be that kind of like oh come here. No, it's not not a consumer event, right? Yeah, it's not an so, entertainment event, definitely. Yeah, I think. It's and when's the, the last time? S- yeah, yeah, the same could be said. Like for example, web developers conference, where you know they talk about like web development. Yeah, and everything. exactly. So normally that's what you see with game developers. They're going to be talking about engines. They're going to be talking about yeah. new new industry practices. Not exactly. I mean, there's game showcases, but it's yeah. mostly a byproduct of what of what you've been creating. Yeah, I I want the GDC to be a kind of like oh this is the next gen tech, you know this is what is going to appear in your games maybe a. New okay. ki- new way of creating, you know, RPGs or so on and so forth. I don't want it to become like an industry marketing event again, yeah. like E3. Yeah, because there's already E3, there's already PAX. We have Tokyo Game Show, we have Taipei Game Show. These are like really big events already that attract a lot of customers and a lot of en- uh, for seeking for entertainment, seeking for demos. So mm-hmm. uh, I agree with you on that one, definitely. Well, speaking of uh, big companies, another big company had decided to pull the plug on this time around. The event has not been announced if it's canceled yet. I have not confirmed, but what this company did or Capcom in particular did is they removed them from the pro tour list. So it's not it's not sure if these events will still go or will still fly. But Capcom has removed them from the pro tour list, meaning they won't get be uh, pro players won't be getting any points when if they do fly in to participate. Yeah, I think it's just them trying to make sure that the virus doesn't spread unnecessarily by discouraging people from gathering at events. But also, right, you know, if um. Why, why are you cancelling these events for? It's not as if it's confirmed that any infected people will go. So it's, it's a bit... I can see why, but it's also like... Uh, are you, what are you trying to do, Capcom? It, I feel like they're giving them... like It's like an ultimatum. Like I don't know. Like 
they're forcing the um, not an ultimatum there's they're forcing their hand because you remove them yeah. from the pro tour list basically what incentive would pro players have to actually go to your event they're not gonna get, i mean there's money involved but for these guys it's more of the points yeah exactly and because of this cancellation like the brussels challenge 2020 was actually cancelled and it Ooh. was actually the first event in the new cpt season so the entire event because of capcom cancelling it was removed like the organizer tweeted it out and it's like okay i mean it hasn't spread that far yet but i can also see why they are just playing it safe yeah well the, if you're capcom I, I don't know maybe it is a good move to play it safe uh, maybe shareholder influence as well i don't know but definitely it's it's a big blow for the pro players it's less events for them to gain points with and uh speaking of uh, another event this time around this one is was a little bit like really really critical we're talking about ours before and the government this time it's the government that stepped in we're talking about the intel extreme masters 2020 and uh the government has deemed it that they're they can't gather or no large crowd could gather for this event so there is no on-site attendance due to the spreading covid 19. yeah and this is iem at katowice right yeah it is okay so this is one of the largest csgo events in the whole season because the Katowice crowd is crazy, right? Yes. People are just packed shoulder to shoulder. You know, people are coming in from all over the world. It's kind of like a pilgrimage for a lot yes, of CSGO. Exactly. Players. It's exactly so what I that guess. is for. If you're an avid CSGO fan, then you'd yeah. have to have to have watch at least once in your lifetime a Katowice event. Yeah. I, I almost wish that Jaeger was here to freak out about the IEM on-site attendance being uh, close to outside attendees. But uh, it was really huge because they already flew in all the talent and every single employee uh, yes. for the... for It's an ESL event, isn't it? Yes, and it's an ESL event. So, and it's not like you can't just say, oh, we're not, we can't pay you guys anymore because, you know... We're refunding yeah. tickets. No, no you, that's exactly. that's not happening. It's uh, you still have to pay these guys, and you have to refund the tickets. Yeah, they took a huge loss on that. But I think the stream told another story, right? Over one point three million views. Yes, I think. definitely another story. It was a redemption of um, one way. Basically, the fans saying that you know, CS:GO, we got you. You may not have on-site attendance. But hey, we we're here for you. And how many is the sit- seating of Katowice? Like, if you add that to the people that haven't, uh, didn't attend the the live, will it will it affect it that much? How much will the arena sit? I think maximum additional two hundred k, hundred and twenty k. Yeah, quite. The... Positive. Yeah, it shouldn't be yeah. above two hundred. I think max yeah. two hundred. So it's yeah. still if you took a, if you take that out of the equation, that's still one million viewers for 
for Katowice 2020. And that's amazing for CSGO. And they also recently beat their peak players. So CSGO definitely making a comeback. Yeah, it's definitely on the uptick. So yes. I used I used to play a lot of 1.6 because back back when I didn't have my own computer, all I could do was go to a LAN cafe and oh, that was yes. like the most easily accessible the slash most fun game. It's and I can see story. like the global it's, it's, it's really simple. Just go in, pick up a gun, start shooting. Yeah, there's a reason why it's remained relevant for such a long time, even though it doesn't have that kind of cult following like a game like uh, Dota 2 or Team Fortress or Rainbow Six has. It's yes. just a broad appeal. Yeah. And uh, it's that's also the story of every Asian kid, like lands, <laughs> like the land cafes, everything. Uh, it's true. That's the that's the most fun we'll we've had before as a kid, and uh, well, you know, it's a good thing that it, it. That's why I think CS, regardless of how unpopular it is in Southeast Asia, everyone, every yeah. gamer knows about it. Everyone knows about Counter Strike. At one point in their life, they've picked up the game and played it. Yeah, absolutely, because it's also. The kind of game that has the most visual is is the most visual, right? Yeah. It's easy to understand just by looking at it. Not like True. a game like Dota or even a game like Overwatch. You know, you might be you might be shooting people in Overwatch also, yeah. but there's all these skills and different objectives that you have to see and learn. So, yeah. yeah, basically it needs no introduction. It needs no yeah. it needs no tutorial, it needs nothing. You just have to pick yeah. it up and go play. And uh, yep, yep. be good at aiming, so yeah. <laughs> so for our uh, speaking, of, like going back to IEM, the we had actually a simple and the boy simple's first major uh, even played very well. So we don't have our resident CS:GO guys here. We don't have uh, Index and Red. They're one of the most avid fans. I mean, I I watch clips, I watch vods, but I don't really sit down for the whole tournament. Which is, uh, but I am a fan of Simple. He's, uh, it's a long time coming, and I believe it's his first major as well. First major win for him. So, congrats to Navi and Simple and the boys for winning IEM 2020. Yeah. I did manage to catch it live because uh, I was busy. But uh, I think they won 3 0, isn't it? It was a sweep throughout the whole event, almost. Yeah, and. Uh, we I saw some cl- clips as well of it of uh, of simple basically there's they're talking about like how he's like he's smurfing because he's basically knifing G two. <laughs> so it's a it's it's astonishing to see in a grand finals uh, that high caliber of a play. Uh, speaking it's of kind uh, of like OG yeah. right yeah it's kind of like OG when they clown on their opponents. Oh yeah, definitely. Pretty amazing. Yeah, when they're just yeah. you can you can tell they're just having fun. So yeah. Now now that you I mention saw... it, Dota two, yeah. where we're on towards uh, TI hosting for cities very early on. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, we're ta- we're sit there. Valve's already opened the table. 
and accepting proposals up until March 31 for uh, cities that would want to host TI 2021. This is for next year, not this year, because this year is in Sweden, Stockholm, Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. It's interesting to see who will win. Because uh, what's your thoughts on this? Who who do you want to get it? Uh, I'm pretty sure you're gonna say Singapore. Yeah. You know, I saw the Twitter poll for Toby One, and he lumped Manila and Singapore in the same oh, option. Oh yeah, I so saw that. Of course, it would win, right? Yeah. Like the Singaporean fans and the Filipino fans are the most crazy, <laughs> as well as their most online crowd in the whole of Southeast Asia. So naturally, that option was gonna win. I think Come if on. you, I I think it's it's better if you just. For starters, you make a regional poll. Poll, which region yeah. do you want TI to have? Like we have like exactly. a CIS, NAEU, Latam, and um, Southeast Asia, and even yeah. Australia. I mean, you can lump it together with Southeast Asia, APAC. Basically, you can call it APAC. So, which I'm pretty sure it's a, I don't know. How do we stack up against uh, CIS in these votes? But it's def it definitely was a good poll, good number, especially with Philippines and Singapore. They were way ahead. Yeah. So I don't know how about uh, I don't know how about the other regions, but for APEC, I've never seen a large scale event on the scale of TI ever before. Like for gaming, I've seen it for like uh, maybe industry events like uh, jewelry, you know, weddings. Yeah, TGS, yeah, type of game show, but it's not really a APEC event, right? It's it's a Taiwanese event where they invite yeah. all the regional people. So you can you know that's the the workings of the government and the support of the government behind it. So, but if it's a TI host, uh. If a country becomes the TI host, I would like to see it be on the scale of like, oh, we are hosting the Olympics, right? I want them to treat oh. that opportunity as seriously as they would the Olympics because otherwise, where's the what's the special uh, factor in that? There's no, you know, X factor that makes it unique or makes it you know more special than if they just announce, oh yeah, this country is going to host it. Yeah, PGR is going to put it on again, etc. I think this is them trying to say that okay, other people other than PGL can have the opportunity to do TI. Yeah. But you're gonna have to show Good. us and yeah. promise us all sorts of things. And you basically have to go with a city because it's a city proposal as well. You have to you have to get a city's uh, acknowledgement with it. So it's basically a tandem. You're gonna have the tourism on board here since they're asking for city proposals not exactly an event proposal not an organizer proposal but a city so yeah you, yeah it's definitely a tourism involved so yeah, for me do of course have any yeah. yeah over in philippines do you have any like mayor approved or mayor backing uh uh any industry events over there there used to be the Metro Manila mayor uh, had used to run a few mall tournaments for for the the, the kids, the schools there, and everything. But uh, he's not in seat right now, so 
It, oh man, it, really? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, not sure if there are any other mayor. I mean, for this term, there are a lot more mayors that are like 30 to 40s. They're fairly younger. So maybe they might be more, you know, in tune with the youth. Hmm. So that's what I think. Uh, I think it's not it's not a stretch, but definitely. Well, the problem is, for example, the only ones that are capable of proposing that would be the Pasay City Mayor, which where Mall of Asia Arena is held, or the Bulacan Mayor, which is where the Philippine Arena is held. So that's that's two. Yeah. And I suspect that getting the support of these government officials wouldn't be easy, would it? That I'm not sure. I mean, I think if you if you promise them something, like of course, oh, you that's have terrible. Yeah, of course you promise them that you know they'll be, they'll have their name plastered or something. I don't know because in the end, these these politicians they they want re- to be reelected mm. and everything. So okay, actually, since the drug testing scandal, has there been any major Dota two events in Philippines at all? Not Dota two, but there there have been like Rev Major, which is taken Tekken Pro Tour circuit. Yeah, FGC, right? Yeah, there's a lot of FGC. FGC is almost like a different different esports entirely. But <laughs> I think you, I, yeah, I, true. It's more of a community, <laughs> right? It started yeah. out as a community. But yeah. for sea games, I don't think they they were that strict with the whole drug mm. drug testing thing. So I'm not. Oh sure. yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it's been lax. I mean, I can't mm. honestly say that for a fact, but it's more yeah. of like a gut feeling from what I've noticed from sea games. Okay. okay, I think if Singapore hosts the TI, the only way that's happening is that if one esports. Uh, partners up with PGL again to do it because if PGL is involved once again this isn't the first event PGL has done in Singapore so there was a there was this Singapore Invitational and then there's going to be the Singapore Major so who knows who knows Singapore yeah TI. <laughs> I would love to have an, a TI that's very close by <laughs> especially yeah. for you no more flights no more hotels yeah I'm not really an insider but Based on what I've observed, if you were telling me to to bet on which uh, country in Southeast Asia, I would say Singapore is the most likely. And yeah, if not, it would be Jakarta, depending on the event happening there. Yeah, uh, as it, as it right now, the climate in the Philippines, I I think is not ready. But that may change within the year. But we're talking about mm. the proposal that's due by March thirty one. So if yeah. we're just basing it based off March thirty one, wherein Valve gathers it all, then yeah. I'm I don't think Philippines is ready. Yeah. And uh yeah, definitely I would agree with you with Jakarta, Singapore. I would throw a little I would throw some chance off Malaysia as well. I think they stand a good chance of getting getting accepted. Yeah, but uh, the thing is who would be doing the proposal like it's a nightmare to assemble all those info in a month right have you have you done an event before we try we well we've started pitching for yeah. like 
com- they're mostly like company events, companies that try to do esports. Then yes, it is a nightmare. Yeah. Like try to get all these equipment, exactly. sourcing it, then and the location, right? Can you yes. imagine you have to bid for a giant location, and it's just a promise, right? You have to get the permissory note, yeah. and then okay, yeah, t- we could probably host TI in this time frame, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, we, oh we haven't God. encountered the whole bidding process for events because mostly the companies already have like a, a yeah. venue that they want to hold Absolutely. their, like, for example, I don't know, they tag it as like a company outing to some sort wherein, you know, it's outreach for yeah. the employees. And yes. Yeah, we so far the pitches have only composed of like equipment, what equipment we have, what we're sourcing. Yeah what we can offer and basically it is a nightmare to assemble everything yeah and i want to take this opportunity opportunity to tell everyone that basically this ti bit is not really an open offer it's an offer to existing uh, tos and established tos yes. right there is no chance you're gonna see a so-called up and coming or entirely new organization come out and host a ti no way yeah, Valve is just not gonna let that happen. Like they're not gonna take that they, risk. They let Key TV do Shanghai Major, and it was a freaking disaster, right? Yeah. Key TV, if you guys didn't know, was LGD's uh, organization arm, and Shanghai Major was like their fourth or fifth event, and even then, it was a giant colossal failure. So I don't think there's a chance that you'll see a new player. It will most likely be PGL and. <laughs> Basically, to me, right, it's PGL accepting offers from host countries like, hey, what uh, what perks do you want to give me for me to bring TI to your country? So I wouldn't say, I don't want to make it sound like it's rigged, but I just want to be realistic, right? It's event hosting is not an easy thing. It's a very specialized skill set. Getting the location, like if you have ever planned a wedding, it's insane. Like, yes, even is. though there's a wedding industry, it's still insanely hard to get a proper date and a proper location. So I can only imagine that probably uh, this off this TI hosting offer is realistically open to people like PGL, uh, ESL, and maybe if uh, a few Southeast Asian studios come together and try and work, maybe the larger Philippine studio, Garayev, and they will still have to collaborate with a lot of regional partners to get to make TI happen under their hands. True. And another thing with that as well is, uh, what are the big name in the uh, event organizers we have? We have Mars Media. Are they yeah. uh, event hosting? Uh, the the Russians as well. They have it. Uh, I think the there's Russian. two for Russia. Yeah, but I would say like Epicenter? it's just one. It's Epicenter, yeah, yeah under the Virtus Pro organization. Yeah, and then you and have ESL, PGL. Yeah, ESL, PGL, yeah. and uh, Maneski. Would you still consider Maneski as a giant presence, or do you think since you know all the new news have emerged that they're no longer a giant yeah, uh, event I think, organizer? I think I take Maneski out of the equation since you know they've, especially with since. The original MET Malaysia has parted with them and you know formed IO Esports, so so that's one block of Mineski also being separated from them. I think uh, yeah. I think they're not 
I, I would say there a Southeast Asia presence, not a global presence anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And they have no experience with an event on the scale of TI. True. So uh, speak, uh, we're, since we're on the topic of hosting here, so something, uh, this time a first. So this was the first time that uh, Valve has asked for city hosting, right? This one, this time around, it's the first ever Smash World Tour. So we're talking about Smash Ultimate and uh, Smash Melee. So both of these will be will be under that same world tour, and they have open invites. I know invites like more of accreditation. Like people who, for example, you have an event, you have FGC event, and you're hosting Smash, you can get it accredited as a silver tier or something where they can the players can gain points, and you know they get. They get to qualify for World Tour if they have enough points. They haven't revealed. Yeah. I think they revealed the whole point system. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They do have like an official pointing system and etc. But I want to make make it very clear to everyone. This this Smash World Tour is sponsored by Smash.gg and Twitch, right? Yes. And but where's Nintendo? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're back to that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have we talked about it before, as well. The I mean, the champion, the I think it's hung hungry box. Yeah. Do you know, on the press, I received the press release for Smash World Tour, and there's this giant paragraph. Nintendo is not affiliated with Smash World Tour, etc. Oh. And even though the league references its hopes to collaborate with the developer as of now, it's not associated or affiliated with Nintendo or Nintendo America. I'm like, what the hell? This is insane. Well, they have to make it like, clear. Because, you know, if there is any company <laughs> that likes sending out uh, DMCA's takedowns and everything, it it's Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah. That's right, like that's right. even ROMs, even ROMs, man, they take it down if they see it like a, a threat to their IP. They're not joking mm -hmm. around with their IPs, so I can yeah, see why absolutely. the world, the world Smash World Tour, would yeah. raise a few eyebrows in Nintendo's. Like, huh, Smash exactly. World Tour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Tekken World Tour and Bandai Namco has nothing to do with it. It's yeah. Like, what? You never see that happen. Every game has it. Even DBFZ World Tour exists. Yeah. Capcom Pro Tour. So there's a, all these FGCs <laughs> have their own tour, which you know yeah. has has at least some backing. This now, one... if Nintendo can do Pokemon World Championship events, why not Smash World Championship events? I don't know right? what's stopping them. They've recently uh, given at least interest in their Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. Right, so they've uh, conducted several for their VGC for Pokemon Sword yeah. and Shield. Absolutely. So I'm not sure what's stopping them with Smash. Is it because yeah. it's not? It's a purely Nintendo company, or is it because the car characters in the game have different IPs, or or is it but because Nintendo owns all the IP? Right. It's like yeah, it's under the Nintendo I mean, brand. It, it's fine. Except Ryu. Well, there's Ryu. There's a few yeah. that are, you know, they're guests. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that, you know, if it's your uh, title you developed on your own and you're not using those characters to market your event, right? It's just that the, it's the game that people play and compete in. 
I'm pretty sure that there wouldn't be any legal trouble at all. Uh, true. Maybe it's also because that uh, for it's Game Freak that's actually handling Pokemon and they're interested yeah. in the whole competitive. Okay. But Nintendo yeah. as itself, like if they're given a choice, they wouldn't really want to touch it. Yeah, maybe you're onto something. But you have done a Smash event, right? Have you ever talked to Nintendo ever about no. event support or price support? No. <laughs> you're just glad. They weren't even interested. It was even a charity game. event, so yeah, we did okay. smash that ash, and it was even a charity event, and Nintendo didn't even blink at us. <laughs> You're just happy they didn't DMCA you. Yeah. <laughs> this also had the word smash, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so uh, onwards now, I mean, we stop uh, at least uh, trying to... I mean, we love you, Nintendo. Please, don't hate us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could sponsor us. We, we yes. would accept it. So, uh, a rival company of Nintendo this time around, we're talking about Squeenix. Uh, um, they have uh, released their much-awaited FF7 demo. is now available to be downloaded with, a, with the release of March 20-something. Uh, oh, escaping me right now. Let me check. But the PC is, they have confirmed a PC release date, and it's uh, two years from now. FF7, the remaster? Yeah. Wow, that's a really long time. Like They're going to milk everyone's money and then basically let man. everyone pay again. On I think by that, because they're <laughs> cutting Final Fantasy 7 into, I think, parts? Three, four parts again? Oh, really? Damn. Yeah, this isn't a full game. This, okay. This isn't, this because is, remember Final Fantasy 7 was like four disc before? Yeah, like... FF7 is the game where basically you complete the game once and then there's, oh, another storyline. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. they're doing that again. I don't know why, but they are. I'm guessing because it just takes so much time to remaster everything. At least that's what I tell myself. Yeah. Yeah, they're totally not trying to make it a uh, game as a service and earn more money. Yeah, so uh, basically nope. it's out April 10th. And uh, pre-orders are up. The demo is up, and I've watched some streams of it. It does look really nice. Although what uh, they've released as well, a side bit of news is for this for this disc, this uh, iteration, the first part, Red Thirteen is not playable, even though you will meet him. Uh, oh. For those who don't know, the Red Thirteen is the the red. What do you call him? It's not a dog. He's more like a four-legged creature that can talk. So, <laughs> since uh, so the reason what Square said is it's on the later part of the disc, so they don't want people to to have at least um, have a wanting fe- feeling because you're just gonna be able to play him for a little bit because he's he's toward the tail end of the 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 part one so they made how him long a- is this demo i think it's up until hmm, something about uh, one of the shinra plants i think i'm not gonna spoil it for anyone but it is it is the demo is it does feature the combat but for 
the whole disc itself for the whole game, Red 13 will not be playable and will only be controlled by an AI. Oh, damn. That's terrible. So you're saying after the release of FF7 two years later, I'll only be able to play like... I'll only be able to see Red 13 and not play him? Uh... For the, I think for from my understanding is just for this part because they're dividing into parts, right? So they don't want yeah. people to play. I think there it's a lazy man's excuse that oh we actually haven't coded Red Thirteen yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, so we're gonna do that just, on the second part. Yeah, we're gonna do that on the it's second just for part. The demo. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. though for okay. this for the whole game because they're releasing what? the game in parts. So for Wait. part one of yeah. FF Seven, Red Thirteen yes. is. An AI. When when is the part one releasing? I'm getting April it 10th. Is it releasing April 10th this year? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. The PC version of this April 10th will come in two years' time. Okay. So, That's crazy. but for part one, yeah, again, Red 13 is not playable. He's okay. in. He's controlled by an AI, and I think that's just the devs being lazy and saying that we don't really want to code him as mm-hmm. playable. So, yeah. we're gonna code him on part two. Yeah. <laughs> so for no, now, he since didn't fit the release schedule. Yeah, yeah, but the reason that they're throwing to the audience is basically, it's because Red Thirteen is towards the tail end of the game. Uh, Ron, you know that's bullshit. As a developer <laughs> yourself, you know it's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're like, it's okay. He can also you can you can see him using all his abilities and everything. So he's he's yeah. controlled by an AI. It's like ah, uh, you just didn't want to code it right now. Yeah, uh, the the UI, the UI designer told the project manager, hey, I'm not gonna have time to create this. No way. Yeah. Like, and then gonna... the developer who is like grinding away. Who had already coded all the skills and just needed to hook it up to the UI? Nope. Yeah, like, yeah I'm just gonna slap this, like attach this to the AI, and just make the AI yeah. decide what he wants. <laughs> no need. Uh, there's no need for UI if it's the AI. <laughs> yeah, because basically, if you if you have to code him in, then you have to put it in his material slots, his equipment. So you have to basically yeah. allocate more stuff for him and troubleshoot it that everything works for him. Especially yeah, when being controlled. So yeah. they're like, nah, we're not going to do that right now. Uh, okay. Yeah, you waited like how many years has it been since FF7 released? 20 years? Yeah. Almost? Yeah. Yeah. You can wait a little longer, right? <laughs> well, speaking of not going to wait for a little longer, Freak, so we have here, uh, it's now official. Riot Games has made it official. The name is out. The website, every social media is now being, uh, well, cropped. And <laughs> all the images are being cropped and posted online. <laughs> so it's Val- we're talking about uh, Riot Games' latest first-person shooter. It is Valorant. So uh, for those, I mean, are you excited? I mean, we're, we're both not that much of an FPS uh, gamer. So... I'm not sure how 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 we're gonna tackle this, but I like the character design, the overall setting. Uh huh. You like what you've seen so far. Yeah, I, I like what I see so far. Although I feel like it's very it's it's like a bastard child of uh, Overwatch and CS:GO. <laughs> it's to me, it's like an updated uh, CS:GO. 
with uh, TF2 skills, right? I, I guess that's nearer. Yeah, the, the guns. Cartoon, yeah. Look, like from what I've seen, the guns, right? They look like CSGO guns, right? Yeah, definitely. And the skills look like modernized TF2 skills. Like there's even that cartoony element of a lot a lot of skills, the pastel colors and you know, they yes. don't really use like tr- cool particle effects 3D stuff like Overwatch does. But anyway, I would like to announce that I'm also becoming a pro player, professional play Valorant player. It's already updated on my Twitter profile. <laughs> yeah, everyone's been doing that. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Uh, even like uh, I think the latest one I've seen this is just the latest, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Absolute, they're a CS:GO team. Oh they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have announced that they have disbanded their CS:GO team and are eagerly awaiting <laughs> Valorant. So um, why is this all happening? It's because Valorant has a scheduled. Is it a release date or a beta? I'm confused. I think it's a close, close beta. Yeah, it's, it's going to be like an influencer a... play playtest kind of like uh, preview event. Yeah, so they have a close better release date of uh, summer 2020. So yeah, that's... that's always fun. And it's... do you see the leaks by Slasher over the, over the weekend? No, no, I haven't. Okay, so basically before the launch of Valorant, uh, I think it was like 17 hours before, right? So yeah. Slasher started, started releasing leaks of when the official name, the official Twitter handle, yeah, uh, the IGN screenshots before they were published on IGN, <laughs> <laughs> the class names and the character names before the article was published on IGN, and he even posted like screenshots of the video that IGN was about to post, like Oof. so, like fifteen hours before uh, IGN was gonna post it, and. I think that he might have forced Valor, uh, Valorant to go live sooner than they wanted to because his leaks were like absolute. Like every single piece of content they had planned, he just leaked it. It was Ooh. insane. Like for like, I want 15 hours. For 15 hours, it was like sources tell me that the Project A's name is Play Valorant. Yeah. Here's the Twitter handle. Yeah, I saw those. Twitter verified it early by accident. <laughs> And then you can see like the riot people just scramble to respond to the leaks. It's insane. Like I've, if you've ever worked in a major company and stuff gets leaked, like that happens all the time. Like except that Blizzard, right? Where Blizzard, everyone's really secretive and no one leaks anything. But a game like a uh, company like Riot, now because of all the controversies and etc., you you know that company company loyalty is yeah, like it's almost rock bottom. Like, do you see the recent uh, re reopening of the case where Riot was confirmed to have colluded with the lawyers that were suing them? Ooh, I didn't know about yeah. this. All I know was before was when they were being sued for sexual harassment. That was the last yeah. case that I saw. The settlement was like 40 million, right? So um, there was a judgment of that 40 million and then uh, for some reason the case was reopened because they found out that Riot was colluding with the riot, the lawyers that sued them so now the lawyers who reopened the case are the lawyers who actually are suing Harvey Weinstein now and I think Ooh. they got him uh, they got him 
what was that? They they got a guilty verdict out of uh, that already. So basically, they are suing Riot for four hundred million. Wow. Okay, that's a lot like of money. Times. That's times yeah. ten. That's times ten of yeah. the original one. Oh my god. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you settle, even if you settle, you're not gonna settle for ten percent. No, and I yeah. think they are actually going to go for a guilty verdict, like just to make, just to make Riot pay for, you know, all the pain and suffering that they've caused, etc. And to really give them a stern warning, right? Like, how can you collude with the lawyers that are suing you? Like, come on, can you stop yeah, being dishonest not... and like, you know, accept the law for what it is? Yeah, you broke the law, right? Accept the consequences. God damn it. It's a hefty, hefty fine that could have gone to to at least skins. <laughs> <laughs> we might see yeah, a like... sale on skins sometime soon. Then, <laughs> well, you see it almost every week, so they're already they're already preparing for it. Yeah. yeah maybe... So anyway, it was a point on company loyalty. So, do you think uh, people will start leaking Blizzard stuff soon? Because Blizzard is like, you know, is going down. the The ship is crashing as well. Mm, true. I mean, even the last one. Uh, what was it? The we're talking about when the Hearthstone in uh the Hearthstone controversy, wherein they yeah they talked about the Hong Kong protester. Uh, th- yeah. There were developers that were actually rallying. Yeah, exactly. To get the to get the player unbanned. So yeah, and the casters too. And most recently at the, I think it was DreamHack, they had a Warcraft 3 Reforged event. And oh, every yeah. so often, you heard the. Me. Don't remind me of Warcraft 3 Reforged. <laughs> every so often, right, when they were playing the official LAN games of their esports tournament, the game would just crash. <laughs> uh, it hurts. And they continued playing, they finished the tournament. It, it and hurts. all throughout the entire tournament, the games kept crashing. Okay. <laughs> I wonder how Grubby feels about it. He's he's my most favorite double C three player. He still yeah. streams WC three. I think he's just sad mostly. Like your game used to be so good, and now because of mismanagement. It's also the hope, right? Because yeah, you you've already accepted it before. Okay, my game is old. It's no one actually plays it anymore, but I'm still playing it. I'm content with my life. Then suddenly Blizzard's like, "No, we're actually bringing it back. We're giving we're giving your game back and in all new yeah. graphics, um, remastered, better Can you visuals." Imagine seven remastered and it's no, a travesty. Yeah, no more BattleNet. No more getting those IPs wow. and everything. You're gonna have a dedicated server, but and then just all those hopes up pile up, and you're like, "Yeah." gonna have my game back <laughs> and all yeah. of a sudden in the, the same vein forge yeah it's not <laughs> <laughs> i but... hope that doesn't have it happen to valorant right i hope it launches successfully you know everything goes smooth I hope and so, you know whatever gameplay problems they have early on they quickly solve them and you know the user base user base is on board because yeah go ahead speaking of that valorant and success in the launch 
uh, how is the social media status there in Singapore? Because in Philippines, there's already like four different groups of Valorant. Oh yeah, Philippines is just trying to claim <laughs> the, the that pie like to be the official community. I mean, we didn't we didn't chip in, see sport didn't chip in on that one, but it's just interesting to see that there were already four different groups. Like okay, that <laughs> okay, this Ron. is yeah. Like this is your time. Your time to shine. Name the offenders. <laughs> Call them out, man. So there's a, there's there's one by a, a streamer and one from a, the the CS:GO group. They basically made a Valorant group, and uh, one from I think Rumble Royale made one as well. So, and uh, what what was the there another like I think a group of pro players like a team made one as well so wow it's yeah it's, everyone is clamoring so we were all talking about it and everything it's like yeah but look at all their look at all their materials everyone's just cropping websites and just posting them we actually made an infographic for us and they and they want to be community <laughs> well not not <laughs> rumble real their standards is really high they're really good they have really nice graphics but as for like the the people run community then you have like everyone just just cropping websites and everything so i mean it's okay right you want to be the first i mean there's nothing wrong i actually really appreciate the hustle you want to be first so you basically just crop the website the whole thing paste it as images i mean it's it's fine it you get the you get the the traction and everything is that uh, we should be better than that, you know? I mean, while it's not wrong, the, we should hold ourselves to higher standard. Well, I appreciate that sentiment, uh, Ron. And I applaud you for trying to be noble. But I got to get that clout, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I got to make the page, get the following. The clout is mine. I don't care about that. <laughs> values? What are values? I don't need those. I can't spend values. Yeah, I need the clout. True. Valorant Philippines, okay? Valorant <laughs> Philippines. One. Okay, so on my side, we only have one group. Uh, and But it's it's too early, right? The game is not even released. That's Freaking thing, hell, right? no There's... one has hands on their game yet. There's, There's no the content. Yeah, the only content you have is basically the website and like the gameplay footage, which is yeah. pre-alpha phase, by the way. Which if, is everyone's already talking about like how... The graphics is too blocky and everything like it's a bit still a bit too bland like it's like yeah. it's pre-alpha phase have you seen dota exactly. 2 on pre-alpha it was like squares and <laughs> shit. it was a nightmare right it yeah. was like what destroyed this is crazy it looks so ugly yeah guys this is gonna be closed better so please for those that are going in looking at the footage and saying like wow this looks like shit. Well, yeah it is shit because you know the the codes come first before the graphics. Yeah, and you know the most uh crazy thing is that uh if I no one created the Valorant groups, uh someone would have some random would have just created them, like this is just part part and parcel of yeah. esports social media nowadays. You know, everyone someone's gonna make it, and then if they get lucky. Everyone's gonna join that group. 
I haven't even checked Reddit if how if there are already people who's making Valorant. Oh, that's R play Valorant. Sure R Valorant. Like even the official Riot Twitter couldn't get the word Valorant for their Twitter handle. It had to be play Valorant, right? Yeah. That's true. how bad it was. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's this is the age of social media. That's you have to fight for it. I mean, that's why again, I I appreciate the hustle. I understand why why it's necessary to be the first at some point, and uh, and that's how why we're recording this podcast early to be the first as well. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is uh, all for our topics for today. And. We're going to release it first as well. Our nerd stuff is just getting earlier and earlier. <laughs> like yeah, by the early week. access. Yeah, early access, early access to nerd stuff. So, it's Tuesday only, right? We had yeah. the previous episode on Wednesday. It's supposed Before to be, that, it was Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, it's supposed to be Saturday or Friday. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely work on that one as well. Just, so hopefully for Index, he, he actually gets better. And handle the sound more and uh, to red uh, well he's not here right now because of work so it's a weekday it was too yeah. soon of a notice as well yeah and, and if you guys like our voices you can just keep telling us and we sure. might actually have a new show instead of just putting it to nerd stuff yeah i mean well, yeah, if you guys value our opinions or bring so back so patchwork <laughs> ah patchwork to our, right. to our... To our to, Two hours, ten minutes of uh, yeah. nightmares and dreams. Nightmares yeah, and dreams. Crazy. And we have perch for that. We don't. We don't need two random yeah. Asians droning on and on about patches and trying stuff. So you can actually follow us. Uh, I think my handle is uh, at Scron Excelsi. I don't. Uh, freak, but freak of nature, right? Yeah, at, at freak, freak of nature, so but yeah, it's spelled F R E A K N A Y T U R. Cause I couldn't get the name. Yeah. Maybe I should name myself Play Freak of Nature. How? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, Play Freak of Nature. Mm-hmm. Not sure about that. <laughs> I gotta get that clout, yo. <laughs> the clout. Yeah, we're back to that. Speaking of clout, so that was us advertising. And for if you want to see what we're up to next, uh, we have ESL1 Rio, our boys, the CA Sport casters of uh, Jaeger, Sneaky, Steez, Geo. And black and blue will be for tomorrow, the Middle East Close Qualifiers. Then the next one is East Asia Qualifiers for, I think, Friday. Uh, I'll confirm all the schedules. We'll be posting it about it as well. And we also do still have open signups for Meta CSGO, C-Sport Alpha League for those that would want to join. Uh, and uh, I think that's running until March 21. Then that's about it. How about you, Freak? Do you have any events that you want to pimp out? Oh, yeah, sure. Right now on Meta.us, we have running the ACIC Qualifier League. That's uh, your, the top five in that league will actually qualify directly to the ACIC. That's an official Indonesian auto chess event run by auto chess VNG. So if you want to catch that every week, Mondays to Thursdays, just log on to meta.us and watch the stream. Uh, unfortunately, the stream is in Bahasa, Indonesia. So all our Indonesian fans out there, you're in for a treat. But if you're English speaking, well, thank you for your support <laughs> if you want to watch the auto chess action. 
other than that, um, I do have a series called Beyond Gaming, and uh, March, I think in about a week's time, we'll be releasing a special, really awesome episode where we interview the. I think I can't mention it right now, but it's someone important yeah. from Riot Games, been... so you might want to yeah. tune yeah, in we've for been that. Teasing it. Uh, you didn't yeah. even give the company name last time, so this time around, you're you're slowly getting there, like dropping bits and bits of the yeah. puzzle. You, it's, you, you it's didn't the... say anything last time. You just said you were doing something. Now you're dropping company names. So absolutely, uh, yeah, we're so we're building up for to the that. Cloud. Yeah, for the cloud. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys want to find out the link and where it's going, uh, you just have to go to yahoo.tv and it'll be there. Just look for Beyond Gaming. Okay, so that's it for us, guys. Uh, thank you once again. This has been Scron and with me is a Freak of Nature. And I will see yeah, you guys next great. week. Yeah. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>